Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Dadon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dadon Tolbert. This is my annual post-Grammy, post-Valentine's Day Ask Dadon Advice Lunch Hour Special. Um, many of you guys have been listening over the last several years. You know that you know I do a Super Bowl special, which I just did last week every year. Uh, I always address the Grammys. I always address the Oscars. I always address the MTV Music Awards. One of the reasons why I do those specific shows um, at the same time every year is because there is so much. First of all, they're the, they're the highest rated events uh, in television, period. Um, and so if you know anything about the industry, you know that there is always you know, an opportunity for those in control and power to push a certain agenda. You know, anytime you have a large audience, you're going to take full advantage of, you know, an opportunity to, to get your message across. Now, what I want to do today and what I do on all these shows is to go a little bit deeper into detail about what that agenda is, what exactly that message is. Um, the last, so, you know, so that's what I'm going to do today. Um, then also I want to, talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, finish our conversation from last week on Valentine's Day. And, you know, uh, the last show I did was uh, last week my post-Super Bowl special and, uh, and pre-Valentine's Day where I talked about how to avoid uh, dealing with Valentine's Day blues. And so, you know, a lot of times there's, there's an aftermath to that. You know, the holiday has come and gone, and so a lot of people are sometimes left feeling more confused than they were prior to the holiday. And so, I want to talk a little bit about that, but like I said, mainly today I want to focus on, like I said, the Grammys and you know, everyone's talking about the performances. A lot of people are talking, you know, really more so than the actual, you know, winners and losers, and uh, specifically uh, Beyonce. And you know, I, I don't. You guys know me. I don't need to do any type of disclaimer or anything like that. You know, it is what it is. I say, you know, do what I do, but. You know, it's it's not all about Beyonce, and I think that's where people get caught up. They get so caught up with, you know, the hype surrounding her, the popularity surrounding her, that they feel, some people, many people feel the need to defend her and, and to, as if it's an attack. But I think what people need to understand is that with celebrities in general, you know, you have to look at what the Bible says about you know, about celebrities. You have to look at what the Bible says about fame, power, fortune, riches, influence. These are things that, you know, being loved by the world, these are all things that are not of God, right? And so if you look at the people who have elevated themselves to the top of the, you know, the Forbes list, to the top of popularity, you know, the top of the charts, you know what I'm saying? You have to look at what comes with that. You know, it's, it's not a coincidence that, if, you know, the higher up you get, the richer you get, the more powerful and popular you get, the further and further you drift away from God. And so, you know, I want to talk. And so I say that to say that, you know, you, there's no one else in music or in, in any form of entertainment that you could even talk about, you know, as far as pushing a particular agenda that would have more popularity and influence than Beyonce. Right, I mean, there's there is no one, there is no you know Jay Z, Beyonce, they're right at the top. So we have to start there if we want to address 
the it, the 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 satanic and demonic messages and influence that's being projected upon the people from those in power. And, and notice I said from those in power because Beyonce, people like Jay Z, they're just pawns being used, similar to the way Barack Obama is a pawn being used to push a particular agenda. Anyone at the top of the food chain, the top of popularity, the top of you know people's emotions and being loved by the world, if the Bible says that's not of God, well then obviously you know if it's not of God, it's got to be of the of the world, of the enemy. You know, and if it's of the enemy, well the enemy is going to use certain people to push a particular agenda. You know, it's not really hard to understand when you really look at it, you know, and sometimes it's hard. Often it's it's hard to step outside of the world, you know, step outside of a worldly way of viewing things and look at things from a biblical standpoint. You know, we live in such a uh, – the world is so convoluted, you know what I'm saying, so watered down that there is a uncomfortability associated with 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 you know turning off the television, turning off the radio, and opening the Bible and saying, hey, look, this is what – how it's supposed to be, not how social media says, you know, it's supposed to be. So I want to talk a little bit about that, um, you know, everything that we saw from her performance. I'm going to talk a little bit about Chance the Rapper and his performance. Some people asked me to address, specifically address Chance the Rapper and, the, you know, the use, the use of uh, the choir and just, you know, what's that all about? You know what I mean? We had, who was that up there? Shirley, uh, Tamla Mann. Um, you know, Kirk Franklin is up there, you know, and, and uh, you've heard me in the past talk about uh, Kirk Franklin's collaboration with Kanye West and, and what exactly that was about. And it's so deep. It's very deep. And so I want to break that down um, a little bit for you. Um, real quick, and I, I'm trying to stay away from uh, so much political stuff. I mean, you know, it's just so much. And it, it's a lot, right? It's, it is a lot, and I understand that it's a lot, but the reason I spend the amount of time that I do spend talking about it is because I'm sick of hearing other people talk about it from a strictly worldly perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like every, okay, Trump is a racist, Trump is this, the, the travel ban, the Muslim ban, this and that, you know, the, the, the Senate confirmation hearings and fantasy development, like all this stuff. And that's fine. We can talk about that. But I want people to, to look at this stuff, which really ties in nicely to what I'm going to be talking about today with the Grammys and everything else, you know, you guys have to understand a lot of this stuff is being used specifically to distract the real battle here, guys, you know, in this world is not, well, the Bible even confirmed the Bible says this, you know, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about flesh and blood. It's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's not about, you know, the house of representatives of who's president. That's not what it's about. It's about, you know, spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a reason that the Bible says that, guys. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you know, it specifically says so that people can understand that they need to avoid the, the distraction. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about Barack Obama. It's about the people controlling them. It's about the people higher than them. It's about the spiritual aspect of it. It's not about black versus white. It's about good versus evil. It's about God versus Satan, demons versus angels. That's, those are the real battles. That's what CNN won't report. That's what NBC won't report. You know, and you need to understand that the stuff that we're seeing on the Grammys 
And please understand that. It's not that you're sitting on the Super Bowl, the Oscars, the MTV Awards. These are blatant satanic rituals, guys. They're long three-hour award shows, or excuse me, rituals being disguised as award shows. You have these, these performances, you know, where there's fire, there's darkness, there's symbolism. There's so many things that are, if you understand, you know, actual Satanism. See, one of the things, and I just got to give you guys a little bit of context, a little bit of background. A lot of people understand this, but if you look at the Old Testament, you know, there were the, the, the rituals that were being performed, the sacrifices that were being performed in the Old Testament were done by the rich, were done by the quote-unquote celebrities, the people with influence, the rich, the, the rich people, the, the, the leaders, the, you know what I'm saying? The modern-day, so, uh, who we would look at as modern-day celebrities, you know, like the Beyonce, the Jay-Z's, the Barack Obama, whoever the, the most influential people are, well, in the, in the Old Testament, those were, were, were doing these rituals and performing sacrifices to pagan gods, right? Pagan gods, pagan goddesses. And the Bible says that we are to have no gods before him. God is a jealous God. So all that stuff, please understand, all of that stuff is what, what is classified as demonic. You guys, you know, a lot of people don't even understand what that word means. You say, oh, this is demonic performance. Some people say, oh, what are you talking about? No, no, you don't understand. Anything that's not of God is of Satan. And if and Satan, just like God has angels, Satan has demons. So, again, if it's not of God, and God uses angels to carry out his wishes and perform miracles and all types of things like that, well, okay, that's what Satan does with his demons. It's the same thing. So don't you can't say, well, this isn't this is obviously not glorifying Jesus Christ. Right? This is not of God. You can't say that and acknowledge that without at the same time calling it what it is, which is demonic. Now a lot of times people take things that are of, that are not you know, obviously not of God and then they you know, they, they take them and run with it. They take it in even to a further extent, you know, by, by actually performing Satanism actually worshiping, you know, uh, like, for example, some, you know, somebody may say, uh, well, I play the horoscopes, right? You know, I'm, I, I'm into astrology. Somebody may say, okay, what's wrong with that? They say, well, okay, what, is the, what does the Bible say about astrology? Well, it says we're not supposed to do it. We're not we're supposed to take no part in it. Okay, cool. So we can all acknowledge that astrology is not of God, right? But a lot of people still do it. If someone who checks their horoscopes in the morning a Satanist. Well, no, you know, like no, that's I wouldn't call them that. They can be, but you know, not in and of itself. That doesn't necessarily mean just because you check your horoscope, you're a Satanist. No, but a lot of times people take certain things that are not of God, and then they take them and run with them. They make them more. They actually go that next step and actually worship. You know, when when you start worshiping something that's similar to the way you worship God. And you might be like, for example, you might be like, oh, I'm a Christian, but you don't worship God. You don't ever praise God. You don't really actually pray to God. You just say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you live your life how you do. That's how a lot of people are with Satan, right? It's like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not religious. I just live my life. But then other people are not religious. They live their life, but then they actually worship things like money. They worship things like celebrities. They worship things like darkness and, and um, you know, uh, 
uh, sex and fleshly things. Those are all, that's what Satan is. He's like when you worship things that are obviously not of God, you love them the way that a Christian, you know, a believer would love God. You worship things that are evil, gambling, addiction, drugs, sex, money, power, fame. That, that, that's a form of Satanism. Okay, hopefully that makes sense to you. I mean, you know, if it doesn't make sense yet, you know, definitely, hopefully it will later on. Um, if not, definitely continue to listen to the archive shows. I can direct you to the last several post-Grammy shows, which are right around uh, this time of year, every year. You know, some of them were, you know, excellent. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and all shows, if you guys are listening to this for the first time, maybe all shows are archived at com. All shows are archived on iTunes. Now, real quick, like I said, I promise you, I don't want to say a lot about Donald Trump today. I've been talking about a lot, a lot about him. I don't have a lot to say today. Well, one thing that I will say is, you know, before we get into the Grammys, I said online, right? I said that people have been talking a lot about Donald Trump. People have been talking a lot about Betsy DeVos, Jeff Sessions. Um, <laughs> one of the things I said though, I said, but they won't say a word to Tyrone, to Ray Ray, to Daquan, or whoever. The local neighborhood drug dealers posted up on the corners selling weed and coke. I said, let's talk about the real problems in the black community. Did everybody get so upset about, oh, Betsy DeVos has no experience, you know, with, with the public school system. Donald Trump, he's got no experience. He's a racist, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? But it's like people are so mad. They're so angry about these people and these things that they lose sight of the real everyday problems in their own lives. The fact that they literally, like their, their child, you know, has to walk past drug dealers offering them, you know I mean, coke. Their children have to duck gunfire at the after-school program. You know what I'm saying? There are, there are crack vials in the playground where your child plays after school. You know, these are the real issues. These are things like I just turned on the news this morning, and, you know, t- uh, two people were shot. And that was just two people here in Philadelphia. You know, there'll be two more tonight. There probably were two more in the city where you live, if not more. De- definitely more if you're in Chicago or other, you know, other cities. And, you know, these are things that, you know, the, the, the news reporters didn't even mention the names. And one of the problems that I have is that we have become so desensitized to violence it's become normal. It's become accepted, you know. And and it's, I I will never become, uh, I will never be okay. I will never not be angry, you know. What I mean, it will it will always be the worst thing to me to hear a black man killing another black man, you know. It, 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 but let a white person shoot two people, you know. Two white cops shoot some. You know what I mean, two people. There will be national news. Everyone being outraged, but the two people who will remain nameless, who will remain unidentified here in Philadelphia and all around the country, that is to me ten, a, a million times worse than Betsy DeVos, a million times worse than Jeff Sessions, and one trillion times worse than Donald Trump. You know, and and I I will continue to talk about that. We have to start focusing on the real problems in the black community. And stop allowing these these uh, the news to dictate who and what we are passionate about. Okay, we I don't need anyone to tell me who I should be mad about, what should piss me off. You know what I mean? We have to start using our own brains. 
one of the things I said with some of my bets and devotions, I said, if your kids can barely read and write, you know, reading at a second and third grade level, if my five-year-old daughter can read better than your eight, eighth grader, which is absolutely the case you know I mean? and, and all around the country, I said, please do not talk to me about anyone. Betsy DeVos, Jeff Sessions, Donald Trump, you don't, that's, you're the problem. You, know, you, you have no right to be mad about Donald Trump if your child can't read. If you, if you are relying on the court system, the public school system, you know, to teach, your, teach and raise your child, there's nothing that you can say about Donald Trump or anyone else that will matter because you have failed. Okay? And most likely, uh, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you, know, you see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm passionate about this stuff. Because I hear everyone so passionate about Donald Trump, isn't that, you know what I'm saying? Betsy DeVos, she, what can she do for the public school system? I said, look, and people want to debate this, and I don't understand how people could debate this. This is you know, I do understand because people don't like to look in the mirror. But the reality is this. You don't even have to worry about the public school system. A lot of people don't understand that there's so many exceptions that can be made. You know, I, I was blessed to be able to go to a very good school growing up as a child. You know, I've been going to the private school my whole life, not because I was rich, not because I had a whole bunch of money, not because I didn't live in the hood, you know what I'm saying, but because my parents made sacrifices. And I don't know everyone's situation, but the reality is I see people out here with these two and $300 pair of Jordans, these jeans that cost $100, polo this, polo that, you know, if it's real, polo, there's no, you know, you go to Bloomingdale's and buy a polo shirt, you know, 70, 80 bucks. Again, most of the time it's not real, but we know how that goes. But it's a lot of times these parents, oh, you know, my kids got to have X, Y, and Z. My parents did inventory. <clears throat> I didn't get clothes just to get them. I got clothes when I needed them. All my siblings did. And, the, and these, you know, the weaves, the wigs. I used to own a hair salon. I know all about the price of these weaves and the wigs. And when you add up, and a lot of people want to get the calculators out and say, well, if you could cut all that stuff out and you steal it, come on, stop. And we're talking about tuition. We're talking about when you factor in financial aid and scholarships. Yeah, you can get into a good, I don't care who you are, I don't care where you live. If you apply yourself, you can get into a quality school for around you know, five hundred dollars a month. I'm gonna say that. And that's again, that could be include that could be not including financial aid or scholarship. That could be the best school, a really great school, including financial aid and scholarship. I'm gonna say with about five hundred dollars a month. And I and I'm saying that anyone who really who who works and you really want to make it happen, you'll find five hundred dollars. And especially if you have you know, there are all these extra things. The the wigs, the weaves the Jordans, the, the jeans, the going out, ordering food, all types of things. It don't let you have a car number. I sell good I sell cars. I sell used cars. You don't need a car number. You know, a lot of parents driving around in these, these nice 2012, 2013, $300 car note, paying full coverage insurance, you know, total 600 car note credit is bad, so the car note is, the interest rate is higher, so you're paying like, a lot of people paying $800 a month just to ride nice. But you complaining about the public school system? You tell me you can't get into a nice, good school, Catholic school, or something for five, four, five, six hundred dollars a month? Come on, stop it. 
So I just wanted to put that out there before I get into everything else because, again, these are the real problems. And a lot of this stuff that you see on CNN, NBC, MSNBC, Fox News are done specifically to take attention away from the real problems at hand, the problems within our own community. But, again, the larger problems or problem, which is the battle of good versus evil, the battle to, you know, emasculate our men, incorporate and introduce this this spirit of homosexuality into the world and, you know, violence and sex and promiscuity. These are all, this is all a form of a satanic agenda. And when you, when you acknowledge that, then at that point you can really start to recognize it out and about. A lot of people don't want to recognize it. A lot of people have no interest in recognizing it. So they, so they ignore it and they, you know, they make excuses. All right. Let's talk about the Grammys. Let's talk a little bit about the Grammys. I'm going to start it off like this. In, in Galatians 6, 7 through 9, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us, grow weary, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And, and I wanted to start off with this because a lot of people don't understand what, what Satanism is, and I would encourage everyone when you get some time to go back and listen to my special from a few years ago on blasphemy and entertainment. I rebroadcasted it the other day. Um, blasphemy, uh, go back and listen to my special on Satanism in the entertainment industry. Um, go back. And I've done a lot of those types of shows over the years so that people can really understand it. You know, but the, this is the foundation right here of Satanism, is this first line in Galatians. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. I mean, that's, just, that's it right there. God is not going to be mocked. Okay, for whatever you sow, he will also reap. When you and that's what they do. Beyonce was make no mistake about it. Kanye West is mocking Jesus when he calls himself Jesus. Beyonce is mocking, well, she was mocking a whole bunch of different things. You know what I mean? Last night, I think that was obvious. She calls herself I am. You know, she was dressed up as the Virgin Mary. She was paying homage to various god goddesses and, and different things. Uh, that are obviously not of God, as the Bible speaks specifically against. You know, we'll talk more about that. But you, you can't put certain things out there. You know, Jay Z making a mockery of, of of Jehovah, the name of God, Jehovah, Jehovah. You know, these are mockeries. So do not be deceived. God is not to be mocked, right? So that's what we're looking at. That's what we're dealing with here is, is mockery. Is blasphemy. That's what this stuff is. Now, as I said earlier, the Grammys use, you know, these these, or the industry uses these these Grammy Awards, the Oscars, the Super Bowls to push forth this agenda. What is that agenda? Well, what you know, what are the things that God? If you look at the Old Testament, what are the things that God is most passionate against? You know, passionate about speaking out against is you know homophobia. Excuse me, homosexuality, 
You know what I'm saying? You got, you know, obviously God does not like any form of homosexuality. So that's obviously a huge agenda being pushed in today's society. You know, you got this whole transgenderism, Barack Obama signing the law, you know, allowing boys to be able to follow little girls into the restroom. You know what I mean? Whatever you identify yourself as is, is the bathroom that you can go into. What kind of what kind of crap is that? What kind of dumb stuff is that? And it's, I mean, Obama did this. People love him. I'm like, you got to be an idiot to do that type of stuff. You go, you make it okay for for actual boys, for perverts. You know what I mean? To to follow little girls into a bathroom to use the same bathroom, sneaking quick peeks, perverts, child molesters. Freaks. This is not of God, right? And, and people think this stuff is okay. That's an agenda. It's an agenda to put people in place that will make people okay with that stuff. So that means putting the first black president in charge of, you know, pushing that agenda. Hey, so be it. You know, obviously, race is is a major agenda being pushed. You know, you know, for some for the obvious reason. You know, everything that's going on, that's an easy way people distracted from the real problem, which is good versus evil. So that's another agenda. And if you look at, you know, the news, if you look at these marches, you look at, you know, you pretty much just look around, there's a major, major push. These movies that are being made, the music that's being put out, it's all, you know, being done to hype up this push to divide black versus white. Donald Trump put in place specifically for that purpose. You know, everything is, is about Satan, pushing a satanic agenda. Now, one of the things that I say when, online as I was watching the, you know, the Grammys, I, I, you know, I said this, I saw it as soon as she came on. And I saw a lot of stuff before that, but as soon as it came on, if you, if you were following me online, like if it was real time, you saw it, in real time, you saw it pop up on your timeline immediately as the performance was on. And what I said on, on Facebook was, I said, anyone even remotely familiar with satanic imagery, um, you know, uh, biblical references, the Church of Satan, anything like that, If you even if you listen to this show, you know, you, you will have noticed a lot of things out there in the entertainment industry that you did, you didn't know this prior to listening to the show because I've given you exactly what to look for. So you can be like, oh, snap, that's, you know, that's Satanism, right? That hand symbol, these colors, this color scheme, you know, this, you know, whatever it is, that's what it is. And I said that, I said, so you, if you're even remotely familiar, you recognize many disturbing images and symbols all throughout this performance. Now let's talk about some of those th- these images. Because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, she was she was just paying homage to she, you know, to her African roots. So her African roots. Well, what, what African roots? Like what? When has Beyonce ever, you know, been even remotely classified as being Afrocentric? You know, being aware of her ancestry. She's out there telling little girls to bow down, bitches. Now she's saying how she's now she's African. Now she's come on. That's not what she does. In fact, she does the opposite. 
Beyonce has an extensive history of of putting literally clear and blatant demonic and satanic symbolism in her her Super Bowl performances, in her music videos, um, in her, I mean, everything. Album covers, image, any type of performance, anytime she has a, a, a stage, she uses that as an opportunity to push a particular agenda. There's been no performance that I've seen that I can remember where she has not put clear and blatant demonic and satanic imagery in her in these performances. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, what do you mean? It's, first of all, this cracks me up. It's one thing to be like, yo, well, where is it at? Like, can you, well, what are you talking about? It's one thing to ask. Like, I'm cool with people ask. I have no problem. You know, that's why I do these shows. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm, I haven't conformed to everyone else doing these little 30-second, two-minute video blogs and little 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 videos and stuff like that, Facebook Live. I, you know, I like to actually take my time with things. I actually like to break things down. So this platform has been working for me. That's not to say I won't do other things, but I, I like to really, you know, take my time. And the reality is what people need to understand is she is passionate stuff in there, okay? She's passionate about that stuff. She is. She has a, a duty. See, I people don't understand. Again, if you again, if you read, and everything goes back to the Bible. If you actually read the Bible, and you look at again going back to the Old Testament, you look at the celebrities, the rich, the rich people, the wealthy, the affluent, influential, the prophets from back in the day, the clergy. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, were rich. And so, if you if you understand what they used to do, they that they, they believed that their fame and their fortune was given to them as a blessing from the quote-unquote gods. Not God, not the God, but gods. Now, we understand that if you look at the Bible, the God is capitalized, okay? God is capitalized, but then when you're talking about God, like these, these pagan gods, those are lowercase. And if you look at the gods that they were making sacrifices to for their fame and fortune, those are all lowercase gods. They were pagan gods. Those are not obviously not of God, you know, gods, gods, goddesses, you know, all these God of this, God of that. That's not of God. Okay. That's not of Jesus. That's of Satan. So when, so when you, all you people on Facebook who are listening in and you're saying, well, no, she was, she was paying homage and, and, you know, to the African goddesses. Okay. That's, that's demonic. I mean, you know that, right? If something is not of God, if it's a, a lowercase God, small g, and it's plural, you know, when, when referencing it, then that's not of God, okay? And that means, it, it was, again, if it's not of God, you know, who is it of? It's of Satan. So there is no, you know, positive, positivity from, from anything referencing pagan goddesses. Okay, I hope that's you know, clear. Now, so what do we see? First of all, we see Beyonce, obviously Beyonce is pregnant. Now, this is a whole other topic, but I didn't see she didn't dance around like this when she was pre- quote unquote pregnant with Blue Ivy. You know what I mean? That that fat suit that she had on it didn't really hold up under those circumstances. So we only saw Blue Ivy once she was born. Maybe one picture 
you know, the whole time she was pregnant. Now she's performing. Come on. She's really pregnant this time. She wasn't really pregnant. I think hopefully by now that's clear to everybody. Um, so she comes out there pregnant, naked, which is an issue in and of itself. Now, and what did I put? Who saw what I put on Facebook? When you look at Ball, B-A-A-L, I do some research on, on, on Ball, who is a a a, a demon. But, uh, he, he's different things, but what people need to understand, the most important thing to understand, is that Satanists use a lot of these quote-unquote gods and goddesses. You know, many of them do have African uh, heritage, African roots, uh, African symbolism about how, again, people in the church of Satan, modern-day Satanists, people who, are, who hold a lot of influence into, over today's celebrities, what they use it for. Does that make sense? There's a lot of things that, ha- that go way, way, way back that people are now using today as a form of Satanism. A good example of that would be the Eye of Horus. The Eye of Horus has all types of, you know, ancient symbolism attached to it. But modern-day Satanists use that to worship. You understand? That's why you see these, you know, all, everything has revolves around an eye, whether it's these celebrities covering their eye. You know, you may see one eye on certain logos or, you know, the big eye in the middle of the, you know, the pyramid, you know, um, you know, Novus Ordo Seculum on the back of your dollar bill, which means New World Order in Latin. Um, you know, that's what they that's what they worship. You know, so when you see these celebrities holding up the the six 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 sign, you know, the, the OK sign, whatever, holding it over their eyes, that these are satanic symbols. Okay, and if you look at Beyonce's performance last night, the the God Ball, you know, what I'm saying had with. You know, if you Google it, I posted the image. He has multiple arms. And so, if you look at that image, and you just Google ball, and you look at the image, and then you look, and then you go back on YouTube, or maybe on your DVR if you taped it, and you see the 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 images that Beyonce is moving with her arms. I mean, come on, that that's like one plus one equals two. That that was obviously a reference and, and, and homage being paid to the, the pagan god, right? I mean, that couldn't have been more obvious. Now, a lot of people missed it. You know what I mean? It's one thing, like, okay, fine, I didn't see it, whatever. But if you saw that and then you see what, what that image is, ball is, the god image of ball, then, then you know, it, you couldn't miss it. And so that's how that goes. Now, if you look at, I mean, it's so much stuff. I'm going to break some stuff down. But, and I used to do a lot of this back in the day, and, I, and I'll be honest with you guys. At this point in my life, at this point in my career, I don't have a lot of desire to really decode a lot of things the way I used to. You know what I mean? Like, I, for me, it's enough. Like, I know enough about it. I've taught enough about it. So at this point, hey, look, I'm, no one knows their agenda 100%. No one can sit up there and look at a Beyonce performance, look at a Jay-Z performance, look at Kanye West and say, okay, in this clip, with this motion, 
this is exactly what he's doing. Like, I don't have time for all that. I'll leave that to the guys on YouTube. I'll let them, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not going to sit and say I know exactly what Beyonce is referencing when she does this or exactly 100% what this color scheme or this. Like, I'm not here for that. I'm here, I know enough about Satanism to know, hey, look, this is what someone's referencing. Someone sat at home and referenced certain things from the church of Satan, right, certain images, and said, I'm going to purposely and blatantly insert these images into this performance at the Grammys, whereas everyone knows that's what it's for, is to pay homage and to push a satanic agenda. We're going to put that into this performance for this purpose. For me, that's enough, and that should be enough for anyone to say, wow, this is evil. You know what I mean? We don't have to know the details to be able to recognize, hey, look, this isn't glorifying God. This isn't, this isn't good, right? This is not okay. A lot of people are looking at, you know, if you look at the connection between the God, Baal, Baal, however you want to pronounce it, he, that, that God is very closely related to the goddess Hadad, who is the, uh, the, uh, the god of fertility. Right, and, and again, all this stuff. And come on, guys, it's not hard to understand. You know, Beyonce is pregnant with twins. She's referencing and paying homage to the god of fertility. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's let's be sensible. Let's not, you know, put the blinders over our eyes. I mean, she's very smart. She's very creative, and it's obvious that when someone is making reference to something. Whether we know exactly what's going on or not, if, you know, if someone's making a reference, that's clear. She's pregnant. She references the God of fertility. Okay. You know what I mean? But then aside from that, you know, she, I don't know if you guys noticed, we haven't, there wasn't a lot of talk about this online, but in the beginning, there was a whole lot of what was, what was to be um, presented as magic in her performance. Did you guys notice that? There was a lot of, like, if you notice, she was just kind of moving things with, you know, with just the motion of her hands to illustrate, you know, magic. And there was a point where it, she gave the illusion of kind of levitating up into the air, being raised above the people surrounding her, worshiping her. That was, this is all form of magic. And even if you listen to what she's actually saying, she was referencing, she was saying, like, certain things, you know, talking about magic. I remember the exact, you know, lyrics, but she was talking about magic. And if you look at what the what the Bible says about magic, you look at what the Bible says about sorcery, you know, it's all evil. I think a lot it's crazy. Like people they they overcomplicate things. They overcomplicate things because they're trying so hard not to look at things from a biblical standpoint. Right? I mean, just to simplify, we haven't got a debate. It is not of God. Magic is evil. Astrology is evil. These are all things the Bible classifies as evil. Homosexuality is evil. Right, magic evil. You know, um, you know, any type of pagan pagan worship is, is evil. Any type of idols are evil. Any type of celebrities are not of God. If you're loved by the word, you're not of God. The love of God is not in you. Like these things are very simple. They're very simple to understand. It's not, not anything complicated. We don't gotta talk about any type of African 
African or not, none of that matters. Is 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 it, is it a pagan god or not? You know what I mean? Meaning, is the, is this god or goddess someone other than Jesus Christ? If the answer to that question is yes, then the answer is is, is evil, right? I mean, in fact, so you ever see people? You ever see people online or people wherever they be like, yeah, I'm I'm not Christian, I'm just spiritual. They say I'm just spiritual. Like, okay, a lot of people say her performance wasn't evil. It was just spiritual. I said, okay, I can feel that. Well, let's go to the Bible. Let's see what the Bible says about that. But the Bible says in 1 John 4, 3, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is it's a crazy scripture right here. Again, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. It says, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. This is amazing right here. This is really amazing stuff. Because it's kind of, not rebukes, but disqualifies and, and just totally erases any type of argument that someone could use to get, to give credit to spirituality, yeah, those people know I'm, I'm just spiritual. I don't go to church, but I'm spiritual. I don't believe in Jesus, but I believe in God. Well, uh, that's fine. Well, what does the Bible say? It says that every spirit. So you, if you're spiritual, but you don't acknowledge Jesus as, as God, then the Antichrist. And a lot of people don't understand. They look at the Antichrist as something fictional, something weird, something from movies. But it says the spirit of the Antichrist, which is not to get too deep on you, but it's the spirit of it. It's it's how things will be when the actual Antichrist comes. People will see things right in front of their face that, that is the epitome of evil. They will see the evil, but then they will look at it as good. And you won't be able to tell them anything about it. That's how it will be when the Antichrist actually actually comes. But what God is saying here in the scripture is saying, well, look, that's how it will be, but there are certain things going on now that are of the spirit, of in that same spirit, of, of how it will be when the Antichrist comes. Right? It's like if you see people, and that's, how, that's what, we're, what we're going to right now, people who are saying, who are seeing actual evil. Beyonce could not have been more evil last night. There are some people who acknowledge it, which is great. But then there are a lot of other people who saw it, who see actual evil, right? So many different references to Virgin Mary, to these pagan goddesses, the magic, the levitation. They will see all this stuff blatantly, and they will still say, wow, that was beautiful. Wow, that was amazing. It's not so bad. It's just African. She's acknowledging her African heritage. Just this crazy stuff. When the Bible specifically says, if it ain't acknowledging Jesus, then it's not of God. Crazy, I said. You know, people are so busy protesting Donald Trump that the real evil plague in the world goes unnoticed. You know, and so when you look at that type of stuff, that type of symbolism, it's important, and you hear these type of shows, it's important to listen 
and to then do your own independent research, just like I did. There were, you know, people opened my eyes to this stuff years ago. And I actually had to research for myself. And I started praying. I started reading the Bible. I'm like, whoa, this stuff is everywhere. You know, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. That's deep. So it's not like it's not that you're just going to perish for the lack of knowledge, but your children will also. He says, I'll also forget your kids because of something that you did. And that my people will, are destroyed. My people will perish. Either way, it ain't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you, you gotta, you know, and that's a very classic scripture because you know, all scripture is classic. But really, this is a, one of my favorites because there's so many people who have knowledge available to them, but they choose to ignore it. You know what I mean? They're so caught up in the the world, so caught up in the media that they would rather be liked. They would rather be accepted than to take a stand and be like, hey, this is wrong. You know, this isn't okay. One of the things that the Bible says is, is to beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That's what uh, Matthew 7.15 says. You know, there's a lot of, quote, unquote, gospel singers. There's a lot of people out here who who claim to spread the gospel, to claim to spread the word of God, but are really agents of Satan. Well, let's, what are you talking about, Dadon? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, let's talk about it. First of all, before we talk about those particular individuals, a few of them we saw last night on the Grammys, you really have to, again, going back to the agenda. You know, we talked about the agenda of homosexuality. I talked about the the agenda of 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 um, just breaking down a family, traditional loving families, you know, and inserting this this perversion of family, you know, same sex, you know, um, households and marriages and things like that. That's not of God. That's not you know what I'm saying. That's not that's of the enemy. And so, when you look at another agenda. Another satanic agenda that's being pushed is not, and I've talked about this before in great detail, but it's not the destruction of the church. Enemy, they think that Satan wants to destroy the church. You know, and that's not really what what the goal is. Because the, the church will always be there. There will always be Christians, right? There will always be people who love God. But what the enemy wants to do, what and, and, and what those in power who are being led by the enemy want to do is to not destroy the church, but to water down the church, but to dilute the message of God. He wants to blur the lines between good and evil. He wants to take, you know, how things were, right, where it was it was defined. There was more definition, okay, this, these are Christians. These are people living in the world. Well, now what he wants to do is just make it so that you don't people don't know, you know, what's going on. 
You know, and, and you know it's unfortunate because Barack Obama it is an, an agent of that change. The irony is that he has brought a lot of change, but just not the change that we thought it would be. He's brought about a change in how we view homosexuality. He's brought about an acceptance and a change in the way, uh, you know, gay marriage is even viewed. He's brought about a change in the way transgenderism is, is widely accepted. All of these things weren't in effect prior to him, right? And so that's the, a major, major part of the agenda is to blur the lines as to what is of God and what is not of God. Okay, and so a lot of times, another major way that that's happening is is the blurring of gospel music. You know, back in the day, there was there were very specific you know guidelines for as to what gospel music was. You know, it was your traditional choir, um, it was your your organs, you know, your pianists, um, you know, very you know your hymns. That's what it was. And there was no mistaking it. When you heard a gospel song, you knew it was a gospel song, right? But now, and gospel music originated in the church, but now that it has become, it has become so commercialized, well, now that it's commercialized, it's now fallen into the hands of, of Satan. Because Satan runs the music industry. The same people writing Beyonce's checks and Jay-Z's checks and Kanye West's checks are now writing the checks of Kirk Franklin. You know, they're the people that control the charts control the publishing, control, you know, the, the royalties, all that stuff. It's all run by the same people with the same evil business scheme. So it's not, you know what I mean, it's, it's not really any different. It's just a hustle. You know, it's like, okay, we got, I, I, I run music. I own a publishing company. Let's just say that's what I do. I'm the head of a music conglomerate. Well, I'm not just going to have rappers. I'm going to have a few rappers. I'm going to have some rock and roll. I may throw a couple of jazz artists on there. I'm going to throw a gospel artist on there or maybe a couple. I'm going to get into country music. That's what they do. It's diverse. You diversify. You don't just have all your eggs in one basket, just like Viacom. They own MTV, right? They own VH1. They own BET. And they own a whole bunch of other stuff. But guess what? It's the same people calling the shots. So a lot of people are looking at, oh, well, no, gospel music is this. Well, how is gospel? You can't say what gospel music is if, if someone is signing the checks, right? They're signing the contracts. They're, the gospel music is going to be whatever they want it to be. You, you see how that works? So now let's let's go back. So when did gospel music start to change? When was it? When, you know, who was the first pioneer? You know, the pioneer of, of really changing the way gospel music was made. I think everyone knows it was Kirk Franklin. Like, he he has been credited for revolutionizing and commercializing gospel music. Okay? And ever since then, he's been at the top. He's even referred to himself as the ditty of gospel music. Well, and, you know, and that is what it is. Damn, that those things come with a price. If you look at the most successful, commercially successful gospel artists, you're looking at Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, um, Yolanda Adams, trying to say, and then you guys, you know, a whole bunch of people around there, but the top two really are Mary Mary and and Kirk Franklin, who have really had commercial success. 
not not just gospel success. And what what often happens is, you know, you have these people pushing this agenda or being, you know, kind of puppets, throwing little, you know, hand symbols in there, color schemes in there, you know, watering down the message. Half this music, you know, you don't even hear Jesus Christ mentioned, right? Not, you know, we may hear God, but, you know, we all know that could be anything. So, you know, now that we have Tamla Mann, a lot of people were asking, oh, what's she doing there? You know, back in the day growing up, I used to, I remember they used to do the, uh, you know, the, the gospel award, right? They used to actually have an award for best gospel artist. Now, I'm sure they still do, but it doesn't get played on the main thing. I remember seeing the, the actual awards being given growing up. You don't see that too much anymore. So what we're seeing is the, is the, Whatever happened to the gospel? Uh, what is it? The uh, celebration of gospel, hosted by Steve Harvey. Right? They canceled that a few years ago. I wonder why. Right? Oh, we can't have celebration. Can't have celebration of gospel. We need to. We're trying to not get rid of it, but we're trying to water it down. So if you're trying to water something down, you're trying to blur the lines, then we certainly can't celebrate it. That kind of defeats the purpose, right? So they got rid of that. So, so what happens? How do you? What's the best way to blur the lines of gospel music in the world? Well, what do you do? What's the best way to do it? I can tell you. You take multiple generations. You just you cover the full gamut. You take the pioneer of 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 the change, Kirk Franklin, right? Put him next to someone who is relatively new in the gospel industry, not you know, relatively new, not super new, but someone who relates more to the younger crowd, Tamla Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, take me to the king, you know what I'm saying? You get some of those guys. And then, so you got the old versus the new, and then you get the hottest up-and-coming new rapper, which is Chance the Rapper, who they're kind of trying to model into this Kanye West role, you know what I'm saying? Kind of, you can tell they're kind of trying to phase Kanye out, virtually unmentioned at the uh, Grammys. Don't be surprised if something bad happens to them in the next few years. And, you know what I mean? Chance to rap. Uh, it's funny. I was talking to my wife last night, <clears throat> and, and the, the the category of best new artists came up. I know it was Chance the Rapper. It was two two country artists. It was the Chain Smokers and somebody else. And she's like, oh, you know, I wonder who's going to win. I said, I 100% guarantee. This guy was right on. I said, I 100% guarantee Chance the Rapper's going to win. He said, really? How do you know that? Said, That's weird. He's the first. He would He would be the first rapper or black person to win Best New Artist since Lauryn Hill won it, what, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was. He said, wow, how do you know that? I said, just watch. And he said, oh, the winner for Best New Artist, Chance the Rapper. I promise you, that's exactly what happened. I told, I, put, I said, I 100% guarantee Chance Rapper. How'd you know? And I said, well, and how do you know that? Well, you just gotta look around. Now, Chance the Rapper is someone who has never even been. He's not signed to anyone, as far as I know. He released a, an album 100% independently on 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 streaming. You know, it, which is, you know, that's fine, whatever, like that. But to have that type of worldwide success, to have that level of popularity, 
without that major backing, it, it's just you can't do it unless there's an agenda to push you. He's getting this push. I think I saw this guy on Saturday Night Live. I saw this guy on Jimmy Fallon. I mean, this guy has been on every freaking talk show there is. I mean, this guy, I'm like, oh, maybe he just has a good purpose. Like, no, come on. You know what I mean? He's getting a push. For those of you who watch wrestling, you know anything about wrestling, it's like, okay, you get this rapper. I'm excuse me, you get this wrestler. Then all of a sudden they're like, you know, competing for the heavyweight championship and they're getting all their media attention. They're getting the merchandise. Like, okay, the management, the, the people who are in control are pushing this person because they want him to be a superstar. And that's what happens. It's obvious Chance the Rapper is getting this huge, huge media push. And the way that they do that, and this, it's not just in music. It's in, it's in acting. Like uh, people like, uh, who's the new It Girl? Freaking, um, um, I mean, it's, it changes every year, but I forget the um, blonde-haired uh, freaking Hunger Games chick. I forget her name. You know what I'm talking about. Huge push, you know, winning Oscars and, you know, $20 million roles, all types of stuff. And um, that's what's happening with Chance Rapper. So my point, how do you blend it? How do you blend the gospel world versus the world? You take the hottest rapper, the biggest, the most, the guy that has the biggest push, right? That is no more popular rapper, maybe with the exception of Drake, but, you know, he's kind of not being viewed in a positive light with the Grammys. He talks a lot of stuff about the Grammys, and that's why he doesn't get a lot of Grammy uh, nominations and wins, and he doesn't even go to the Grammys. And, and, And so Chance the Rapper is that guy right now. So what you do is you get him up there, I just want to thank, he thanks God. And, oh, my gosh, we want to thank God for the win. And really goes overboard with glorifying God. Hey, a lot of people say, well, that's great. Well, okay, that's great. It looks great. But the reality is when you look at someone, the Bible says, don't look at their, you got to look at their works. You got to look at what's beneath the surface, okay? You have him singing his song. And listen to this song. You don't want no problems. You don't want no problems no problem with me. Listen to the word. That's not a gospel song. In fact, it's it's a very the epitome of a worldly song. Sex, violence, all types of just stupid stuff. You know, and, and you mix that song. If you listen to the performance, he actually mixed that song with um with with uh how great is our God. Yeah, and which is one of my favorite gospel songs. You got the choir up there for singing gospel music. You got Kirk Franklin. You got Tim LeMann. It was the ultimate blend, you know, of the church and the world. I mean, think about it. Back in the day, it was like, okay, fine. You want to have your, your, your Katy Perry. You want to have your Pink. You want to have your Madonna. Come on out, sing it. Do whatever you do. Metallica. You do, they, it was sectioned off. You got your rock. You got your rap. You got your gospel. You got your pop. That's what the Grammys used to be. But now if you look at it, the whole thing is being mixed together. There's no clear definition between pop and R&B. There's no clear definition between gospel and rap. You know what I mean? You got freaking Lady Gaga getting up there and doing everything. Things should be singing gospel music. I mean, seriously, don't be surprised if you see that. And so hopefully that 
shed some light on what's going on here. You know what I mean? You you got you don't want no problems with me mixed with how great is our God. What the heck does that song have to do with God? I mean, seriously, just ask yourself that. Nothing. What does Kirk Franklin to do with Kanye West or Chance the Rapper? Nothing. Nothing other than being symbolic of the passing of the of the torch, the blending of the agenda. Right. That's I mean that's really what you, you guys have to pray about this. Thing. A lot of stuff isn't it's not meant or designed for you to see it with your own eyes. That's why you have to pray and ask God for discernment to really help you decode a lot of this stuff. Because just like I can look at this stuff and see it blatantly and clearly, that's just that's just because I've prayed about that. You know what I mean? So there's that. Now, can we can we talk about Kirk Franklin's outfit for a second? A lot of people say, well, you know, what what is Kirk Franklin wearing? What is, what is this is so crazy? Why would he have it on? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it it actually makes perfect sense because again, we have to go back to the overall agenda, the larger agenda. What's the agenda? Well, there's always been an agenda to emasculate black men, right? I mean, you know that that goes back to slavery, so that's always been a part of the agenda. So you can't have a major telecast without introducing that in some way, whether it's Kevin Hart coming on stage in a dress, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, Eddie Murphy, whoever, you know what I mean, to push that particular agenda, The Rock, you know, Martin Lawrence, you know, whoever, that's going to be done. So he, Kurt Franklin, was just the, the, the pawn being used to part of the agenda at this point. So he comes out there with tights on, with with a long shirt. Now a lot of people are saying, Well, I mean people will make excuses for everything. For everything. I'm like, yo, the man is wearing a dress. I mean, what do people have to do? Do they have to come out and tell you, Hey guys, I worship Satan? Freaking um Fetty Wap has the song in the beginning of his song, I'm a devil worshiper. Like he says that blatantly in the beginning of his song. I mean, but you know, people still don't even acknowledge that. Drake has music where he blatantly says six 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 like like people oh no he's just from Toronto like yo you know, like where are people stupid like people are blatantly making me I I was if you guys listen to the show you might remember several years ago Fantasia had a song I forget the name of the song but I talked about I remember talking about it on the show live I played a little clip of it and it was like six 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 like the the hook, the, the chorus was like blatantly saying 666. You know, it was very subtle, but if you really listen, that's what it was saying. It was like 666. I'm like, yo, that's what they're saying. You know, Drake is blatantly saying 666 in his music. Blatantly. You know, Fetty Wap blatantly says, I'm a devil worshiper. And in and, 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 and the song, like, not hiding it at all. And it's just getting more and more blatant. Kurt Franklin blatantly comes out and says, or wears a dress. In his other video, he's wearing pink lipstick. It's like, what What more do these people have to do? You know what I mean? A gospel, the, the pioneer of gospel music, wearing a dress and wearing pink, pink lipstick. You know? I mean, it, it couldn't be more obvious. So 
that's what we have to do is really look at it for what it is, not what they want us to think that it is, but for what it actually is. And and can I just say I would like Bruno Mars to come out the closet? I mean, you know, come on, at some point that's got to happen. You know, at, and remember this show, what is it, 13th of February, 17th? Just mark on your calendars for when he comes out the closet. Okay, I promise you, Bruno Mars will be coming out the closet soon. You know, you heard it here first. I promise you. I 100% guarantee that. So just remember where you heard it first. He is absolutely gay, and he's going to be coming out the closet soon. Okay, just just put that on, put that away, tuck it away somewhere, and when it happens, you be like, oh, snap. Beyond said that, coming out the closet, just like so many other people just need to come out the closet. I want to continue on with entertainment news because all of that really wasn't an elongated, you know, ver- you know, segment of entertainment news uh, that I've been doing lately. I've been watching a new, you know, a couple of new shows. You know, I like to watch. I watched the new Twenty Four, which I talked about after the Super Bowl. Um, but there's a new show on BET called The Quad. Has anybody seen that show? It's, it's an entertaining show. It's, it's a pretty, you know, good show. It's a well-acted show. Um, and I watched it. You know, my wife and I watched it. It's, it's an interesting show. So I don't have anything to say about the show itself, um, although I could do, you know, there's a lot of interesting points that I could, you know, use as references, uh, you know, for that. But one of the things that I will say is that it's so interesting. We talk about agendas, going back to a, the, the overall agendas being put forth. If you look at it, I'm going to scroll through some shows, and I've talked about these shows. I'm going to add this to that list. If you look at what is in common with Being Mary Jane, with How to Get Away with Murder, you look at The Have and the Have Nots, you look at Scandal, and now you look at The Quad. These are the most popular African-American television shows dramas with African-Americans in the lead role, African-American women in the lead role. What do all of those shows, these dramas with African-American women in the lead role have in common? Can't figure out what are they, what, scandal? Well, I would name the characters. They got Mary Jane Paul, Olivia Pope, whatever the heck Viola Davis's character is, and they have Tika something on the having to have nots, right? And now you have this new woman on the quad. What do they all have in common? Guess what? They're all adulterers. Did you know that? The top five shows that are all African American starring African American leading or African American actresses in a lead role, women, early younger women, mid thirties playing adulterers. Is it not possible for an an African-American woman, an attractive, successful African-American young woman, to be on network television without being a whore? Is that possible? Does Olivia Pope have to be a whore? Could that role not have been done without making her an adulterer? having sex with the president and the president's best friend? Would it not have been possible to have Viola Davis as a successful lawyer without having her cheating on her husband? 
could we not see Tika Sumter in a role that did not involve her having sex with a rich white man? Matter of fact, yo. Okay, now I was going to say, are all of these roles where they're cheating with white men? But no, Mary Jane Paul was having an affair with the, you know, with the married black man, and the young woman on the quad is having an affair with her, her, her student, one of her students. Now, if you, now, can anyone name any shows that feature African American women in a starring role, in a dramatic role? I mean, I forgot about Empire. Let's not forget about Cookie. I know I was forgetting somebody. That's another one. Empire, Taraji P. Henson, another adulterous whore, right? Married to Lucius Lyon, you know? Lucius Lyon is now married to somebody else, having sex with her, inviting It's one big mess. They're, they're, it's all adultery. It's all a mockery of, of marriage, mockery of the sanctity of marriage. And I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there are other shows that I'm just leaving out. But if you, if you, follow, if you follow me, these, this is the agenda. The agenda is to, there's so many agendas. One, to emasculate black men. Two, to portray African-American women as sluts and whores and adulterers, right? Um, to portray negativity of, of the black community as a whole. To show and glorify the dissolution of, of family, and specifically the black family. You know, there used to be an abundance of, of black shows that featured positivity, family, even spirituality, right? But now those shows have all fallen by the wayside, okay? And, again, it's so, you, you, once you understand the agenda, you know, and the many different agendas of the enemy being carried out through Hollywood and politics, so much of this stuff will make more sense to you. But yeah, check out the quad though. Check out the quad. Um, like I said, it's, a, and it's an entertaining show. Don't get me wrong; it's an entertaining show. So it's a well acted show. But you just gotta understand. I mean, just like all the all the shows are entertaining. You know, I mean, you can't push an agenda without um, without having some form of um, you know entertainment. In fact, I'm forgetting a whole bunch of shows. I mean, Greenleaf, another adulterer. I mean, yo, how many adulterers do we got? Greenleaf. Right, that freaking pastor having sex with the dude who's engaged, about to be married. Another adultery. Right? How how crazy is that? How many shows is that? The Quad, Empire, Mary Jane, How to Get Away with Murder, Having to Have Knots, Greenleaf, all adulterers, all successful young African American women in leading dramatic roles, all being portrayed as horse. Right? Oh, did I forget another one? Freaking um, Queen Sugar. What do we have here? Right? You got Charlie, but then you, and you got Charlie's sister, and what do you know? They're both adulterers. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Charlie's sister is having sex with a white cop who's married, Right? And Charlie is actually married, going through whatever she's going through, you know, and now she's dealing with the uh, the farmer. That divorce ain't final. I said, well, what about him, Dana? He cheated. What up? The divorce ain't final. Right? She's still married. 
She so she's a, that makes her an adulterer, right? So that, what is that? Six or seven shows? All basically all the black shows all portray black women as horses. You guys have to understand the agenda. We deserve better than that. And I'm not even here to tell y'all, hey, don't lie. I don't, you know, I don't do that. I'm not here to say don't watch because I watch these shows. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, if I didn't watch, I wouldn't be able to tell y'all about it. But I'm not going to preach to y'all say, don't watch. I just, I just want you to know what you're watching. You know, know what you're watching. Or, or watch it, don't watch it. That's not my concern. I'm not going to judge you. Just like I hope you wouldn't judge me. But if you're going to, my thing is if you're going to watch it for whatever reason, just know what you're watching and, and be aware of the agenda that's being put in place to tear us down, you know? And let's not even talk about the reality shows and, you know, how they portray us. We expect that. But I'm talking about the dramas. It's crazy. Let's talk a little bit about, before I get out of here, the, you know, like I said, I did the, the, the pre-Valentine's Day special on my Super Bowl show, which was, which was, I was last live, I think, what was that, last Monday or so, whatever day it was. Check it out if you missed it. But this is the this is the post the post Valentine's Day show, and one of the things that I found is that you know there's a lot of pain and hurt often leading up to Valentine's Day, but then a lot more pain or just a, you know the pain just continues for many people, you know throughout Valentine's Day and after Valentine's Day, and so one of the things that I said to hopefully shed some light and to add some clarity was, I said, ladies, if your man is not making Valentine's Day special for you, then he's not your man and is most likely making it special for someone else. And, you know, let's just break that down. You know, and here's the thing, I get it. Like, everyone doesn't celebrate Valentine's Day. Everyone doesn't make a big deal about it. But be clear. You know, and I don't know anyone like this. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a, a, a urban myth, to be quite honest with you. People say, well, you know, I, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day because every day is Valentine's Day. And, you know, we don't need a special day. Come on. I know a lot of people. And I'm sure you do. How many people do you actually know that don't celebrate Valentine's Day, that, that, excuse me, that are actually married, happily married, and say, you know what, this is Valentine's Day, and this is Valentine's Day weekend, and I'm just not going to do a damn thing for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? How, come on. How many people do you really know? I don't know any. What I do know and what I do see is a lot of people who are single, a lot of people who are bitter, a lot of people who have had bad experiences, they're the ones that say, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. They're the ones saying, well, you, you shouldn't celebrate this because you shouldn't need a special day. Those are the people who are miserable talking like that. But guess what? I'm happily married. Guess what I did? I took my I took the kids to my mom's. My mom and dad and my sister watched the kids all weekend. Guess what? We went away. You know what I mean? We went to the movies. We went away to a little, you know, private destination. We had a nice time. You see how that works? And and that's how it should be. Now that's not to say that, you know, we don't do things every day. I don't try to make her happy every day and vice versa and things like that because, you know what I'm saying? That's not to say that, but there's nothing wrong with on Valentine's Day doing so, on a day set aside for love, doing something for the person you love. There's nothing wrong with that. You see what I'm saying to you? And so 
if you are in a relationship and you have so and you you do celebrate Valentine's. Let's just say hypothetically, you do like it. You have been in situations in the past where you wanted someone to do something nice for you. You have had someone do nice so something nice for you. But now you're dealing with somebody who's saying, Well, I don't celebrate that. So, okay, you don't celebrate it, but where are you at? <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, where, where did you go? Why have you disappeared? So, well, the reality is it's not that he doesn't celebrate it. The reality is that you can't be two places at once. And what men do is when they're dealing with multiple women, you try to keep everyone happy. So the people, the the woman in your life who you can get that excuse off on, you do it. You know, and you and you spend time with the woman that you can't. You can't get that excuse off on. You know, some some excuses, some lies, they just don't work. So if you are the one getting the excuses, understand you're probably being viewed as stupid, or you're probably being viewed as expendable. I mean, that's pretty much how that works, which leads me to my next point, which is I said online, I said, ladies, if your man has a million excuses as to why he can't or won't spend Valentine's Day with you, he's not your man and will most likely be spending it with someone else. Again, 100% true. Okay, I mean it, it. It all comes back. I mean, think about. It. We're not gonna. We, we most people don't have to work. Most people aren't going out of town. It's he's. It's all a lie, specifically designed to spend it with that other person. I know women who these men never. You, you know, you never see them on the holidays. It's like where's he at? You know, where where did he have to go? O- on Christmas, on Thanksgiving on Valentine's Day, on New Year's Eve. Like every holiday, really? You know, don't be don't be naive, don't be taken advantage of. You know, that's not how you, you know, deserve to be treated. All right, guys, I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. You're not going to have me talking all day. This is, <laughs> this is actually designed to be, like I said, advice lunch hour. My goal with, with creating this was... Uh, and is to be able to do shorter shows, but more shows. So, like I told you guys, the, the, the lunch hour time slot works well for me, and um, you can always pass along the links, download on iTunes, uh, DanonTolbertShow.com. You know, whatever works best for you, smartphones, and um, you know, check check it out, man. But yeah, with, with the Grammys, you know, with everything, guys, the, the whole entertainment industry as a whole. You know, hopefully, whether it's tonight, whether it's from listening to past shows, hopefully something was said that you guys can actually see, like, wow, I didn't know that before, or I saw that before, but I, it didn't register as being evil. You know, like, I, I don't, I'm not here to complicate things. Like I said, I'll let the guys on YouTube, you know what I'm saying, I'll let them overcomplicate stuff. But it's for me, it, 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 it's... First John four three, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Right? I mean, that's if it's not about Jesus, if it's not glorifying Jesus, it's not of God. I don't care what you saw last night on the Grammys. I don't care what you think Beyonce was making reference to, paying homage to. African goddesses, whoever you want to say 
she was referencing, it was not of Jesus Christ. And again, for the last time, if it ain't of Jesus, then it ain't of God. All right? And it is, in fact, the Antichrist, which is confirmed in 1 John 4, 3. So now all these people, these weirdos online that want to beehive, all that stuff, them in the direction of 1 John 4, 3 and see what they got to say. And then you point them to Hosea 4, 6, which says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, you know, not only you, but your children. It's crazy out here. So, you know, and the Bible says that if you're not, if you, if you are loved by the world, if you love things in the world, if you idolize these celebrities, it says that the love of God is not in you. I don't know about you. I do not want to live life without the love of God. And so you can't have the love of God and have love for these presidents. You can't have love for these celebrities. You can't have love for these idols if you want the love of God. I try to keep it real. I try to keep it simple. That's as simple as I know how to make it, guys. Thank you for listening in, and I will see you next time. Anymore.